This is Jake Ford, Editor-in-Chief of the Georgetown Public Policy Review. And Disraeli Smith, Interview Editor with the Georgetown Public Policy Review. We had the pleasure of sitting down with Jose Diaz-Balart, GU Visiting Fellow for the fall of 2017. Jose is an Emmy, Peabody, and Alfred DuPont winning journalist and currently serves as the anchorman of Telemundo and NBC's Nightly News on Saturdays. He's interviewed every president since Ronald Reagan and including the current President Donald Trump. In our interview, we talk about his expansive journalism experience spanning three decades, his current view of uncertainty in the media, and diversity in public service. Hope you enjoy. It's a pleasure. I really have enjoyed my time here. And I've, Good. Uh, you know, I was meeting and I, in the after, in the office hours, and you meet uh, students that, uh, you know, each one has a, we all have a world of uh, uh, peaks and valleys, mm -hmm. and difficulties and successes at whatever age we're at. And to hear some of the stories of uh, young men and women who are here, some of whom are here strictly on uh, a uh, uh, basis of, you know, that the school gives them the money to be able to come here uh, and how they see their uh, responsibility and role in life. It's, uh, it's been a fascinating thing. And even those that are here that can afford it yeah. have an, a, a wonderful understanding of what they want to achieve and why. And so that's a, it causes me a lot of uh, happiness and hope, you know. Really, it's a, it's, a, it's a great time to be. I really much enjoyed my time here. Well, great. Um, and I think that allows us to just jump right in uh, in terms of, like, your subject. And, you know, I know you wanted to talk about diversity in public service and diversity in media, business, et cetera. What were your goals? What did you want to get out of it um, when coming back to Georgetown? I think that if, if we talk about the importance of diversity in everything, diversity of ideas, diversity in business, diversity in journalism, diversity in government. Um, it's, I think it's, it's really a guarantee of a better future. Uh, you know, how we as Americans deal with what America is and the changing reality of what America is, uh, if we uh, deal with it with fear and trepidation, concern, or even rejection, uh, we're going to have one way of seeing our country. And if we deal with it with understanding, even trying to learn from that we do not know, and uh, incorporating people with different sensitivities, different backgrounds, different uh, ways of seeing family, life, country, uh, I think we can guarantee a better country and a, and a better future for all of us. And so to, to talk about, you know, the importance of diversity in politics, not just in elected officials, but in those who help craft politics, in the media. You know, I see it, and I, it's been a battle of my entire life. You know, I don't have a name that traditional white people see and identify. Mm -hmm. You know, J-O-S-E, accent, D, accent, I-A-Z, hyphen, B-A-L-A-R-T. Uh, that's not a name that rolls off the average uh, Anglo's tongue. Mm -hmm. And so do you 
you know, how, how do you, how do I, I thought about this all my career, how do I try to make a difference in making it so that people who can't say my name when they see it written can say it without me having to change and without them feeling that they've had to change either. Uh, I get it every day. You know, I'm on an airplane. I'm on two airplanes a week when I don't travel much. And, uh, and uh, it's the computer on tickets can't put it smushes everything together can't put so it's Diaz Ballard straight through I don't think unless it's a Latino person who sees it can say it when they first see it Mr. D Mr. Diaz Ballard <laughs> yeah Jose D and, and I'm thinking well it's it's because it's mushed but also because it's just not what they see every day right. and uh, you know your first name Whereas it's you know historic, and uh, there's so many people that have had that name. I'm sure some people go, hmm, yeah. Well, how, do you, how do you? What is that? Um, you know, it was just the the um, the hero that uh, died in Niger, Niger. You know, La David. Mm -hmm. I'm sure all his life he had questions on his name, right? Right. Uh, so it's it's about who we are and how comfortable we all get with what could be perceived as differences. Uh, the comfort level increases when we know each other more, when we see different people reflected in different aspects of our society. And I was here, one of the students that I've learned from, these last three times, said to me, you know, when I was growing up, an Asian uh, young lady said, I never saw someone like me on the air, on news. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, I never said, one day I want to be her, because she wasn't like me. And I had that experience when I was growing up. I never saw somebody like me, with my name. Mm -hmm. uh, and so... The more you can be La David and become a hero, not through death, but right. just by what he did in life, the more we can be part of the national conversation, the more everybody gets comfortable with who we are as a country. Right. So it's in politics, it's in media, it's in, it's in business. I just had, we had a one hour conversation with the chairman of NBC Universal International, as well, he's the same chairman as chairman of Telemundo Enterprises, Cesar Conde, extraordinary leader. And for one hour, I can't get an hour with this guy. I can't get an hour meeting with him. He just did an hour with these students to talk to them about being a little fish out of the water at times mm -hmm. in business. He did public policy. He did government. He, he was involved in, you know, he went to New York and did the, worked on Wall Street. He, he worked with uh, General Colin Powell in, 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 in state. He, he, he uh, worked in, uh, you know, different programs ending up in, in media, but 
has done everything and, and was talking about precisely how important it is to see people like him in positions of authority so that that young Asian child that's growing up now can say, hey, well, you know what? I do want to be that one day. More than even succeed more than that person's on the air. But there's a, there's a, there's a uh, referente in Spanish. There's a, um, there's a uh, compass. Mm -hmm. Look, that person is doing something. That's the way I want to go. They could do it. I could do it. And when we all see that reflected, when I see white, brown, black, you know, Asian, everybody on the air, that means all of us can dream. And all of us can say, I can do that too. And so the only way we can make a better country is by precisely incorporating the great wealth that is diversity. To playing off that a bit, as someone who's had an expansive over three decades of uncorrect experience yes. in, in journalism, how, how does diversity in its role uh, play into media bubbles? It, into People can now pick and choose not only their own yeah. news organizations, but at times they're facts. And of course there's issues of um, social media in there. So how, how does diversity kind of play with that? Yeah, I think the, the, there are two issues. I mean, the whole issue of, of social media and the internet and how it has had an impact both negative and positive on journalism is I think a, a study in and of itself mm -hmm. and it's it's constantly evolving and I think devolving many times um, the the pressures of being immediate the pressures of bring it out there get a click um, you know monetize this uh, when you haven't done the journalistic standards necessary uh, is a constant pressure. It, by the way, that pressure has existed in other ways before technology got to this. But, but the immediacy of it, the fact that I'm going a little bit of a tangent, but but the fact that anybody with a smartphone can film something and that X amount of people will see it without that person necessarily being thorough about honesty. So if, if the two of you are fighting and you are in the wrong, but I film the fight and focus just on you saying horrible things to someone who just wronged you, and I don't show him at all, you're the wrong person. But on the, on the air, you're the bad guy, and the good guy is the bad guy. And so it's how you choose even to, when you film, when you say, that all, it's, the importance of journalism has never been more, journalism has never been more important. Because as the proliferation of individuals who decide what to put on, what to say, when to say it, and it's so, difficult when things are so easy and so that's one thing the other thing is diversity in media is uh, back to the young lady who never saw herself on TV I can tell you points of pride for me one of them was 
uh, four, three or four years ago, I was privileged and lucky that I was uh, asked to uh, work on MSNBC, have a one-hour show that then turned into two hours daily. Uh, and, you know, always being the main anchor at Telemundo Network, 6.30 to 7, Monday through Friday. So I had the evenings uh, in Spanish and the mornings in English. And when we started on MSNBC, as an anchor, the name of the show, Hour, was my name. And I said, well, it's J-O-S-E on the E-D-I-A. And they said, well, we don't have accents on our graphic package. And then I noticed that nobody else does either. CBS doesn't have it. ABC doesn't have it. And they said, we're going to get it. So I went on the air four years ago, which to me seems like yesterday, with accents on the E and the I. And from that day on, I have an accent on the E on the I in English language network television. And now that I was honored beyond my wildest dreams, NBC Nightly News with Jose Diaz-Balart on Saturday, uh, I think it's fair to say, I think first Latino in 75 years of nightly news of NBC News that gets his name show. There's the accents on it. I know that for a lot of people, that doesn't mean anything, but I can tell you, you there are a lot of kids out there that go, hey, that's my accent too. Right. Hey, I've got it. I'm Ivan with an accent on the A. And look, that's me. Just the name. And so that fills me with emotion to think if I accomplish nothing else in my profession, the fact that their accents on network television in one of the three networks, and a kid can say, my name isn't that weird. No? And that's why I think diversity in the small things, which are to me huge, mm -hmm. and in the huge things, it may be small. <laughs> right. And, and we can all, I think, play a part in our lives in whatever we do and choose to do in life to make a difference. Make a difference for what our parents fought for, and our grandparents, or our great great grandparents, or people that we don't even know existed, but that played a part in letting us today be who we are. So many people so long ago played a little part in today we having the privileges as little or as big as we have and so why not make sure that we honor that you know it, what what makes you an American and your personal experience and yours are totally different but today we share the same opportunity of making a difference same exact ones opportunity do you take it? And are you willing to, if you have more vicissitudes than you, or I have less than you, are you willing to overcome those vicissitudes without bitterness, but with resolve? Because then, and just then, is when all of those efforts matter. Even the ones we don't know about, right? Perfect. And I, here at GPPR, 
um, our public policy review, we have themes. Uh, and this year's theme is uncertainty. Uncertainty. It's uncertainty in everything. Uncertainty in politics, <laughs> uncertainty in issues, uncertainty in media, and this fake news phenomenon, mm -hmm. and, and all of those different things. Even this seemingly us versus them, you know, zero-sum game we seem to be living in these days. In every aspect. In, in a lot of aspects. Yeah. What yeah. in your mind can we do to walk some of that back, to get back to that more happy medium that we've talked about here in terms yeah, of I don't know how we can. respecting the person. I don't know that we can. I really don't. I'll be honest with you. I don't know that we can. Because instead of seeing time pass and one's natural progression and desire is to grow, I am seeing that as time passes, for many people, the desire is to become smaller in every way. Smaller in who I hang out with. Smaller in who I associate with. What defines what I believe. Smaller in every way instead of bigger in every way. My father used to tell us something as kids. My father, Cuban exile, died outside of the country he had to leave. Um, he used to tell us, you know, boys, only from the free exchange of different ideas does the light of knowledge emerge. Only from the free exchange of different ideas does the light of knowledge emerge. I don't know that that's a mantra anymore. It seems to me like a lot of people say, only from the interchange of similar ideas will I feel comfortable. And so, I don't know how to change that. I will tell you that we each can do our part, and I do. I have two daughters, and I am constantly asking them what they're reading, what they're thinking, and are they sure that they don't want to consider this? Which is the other one, even if I disagree with the opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, I always remember that father's advice, and I don't see it happening a lot. So I don't know how we as a society can turn towards that. I will tell you that in everything I do, I remember my father. And I follow in those footsteps as closely as I can. And I do that with my family and with my friends and with my profession and with my vocation. In, in speaking on your vocation, uh, many of the students at and the McCord School of Public Policy, our, our, our program, are interested in, in some vein or another into going into political journalism. And any advice you have in, in that looking back on how it's changed over the, yeah. the three decades, uh, how it's covered, any advice on students looking to get into your vocation? Uh, Slightly loaded question. No, no, I'm <laughs> just thinking there's a great question. I, I, I'm thinking of experiences that I've had recently. I have a colleague of mine, at a network, who was a journalist, young, brilliant, and said to me, uh, this person is Afro-Caribbean, and said to me, I will forever in my career know that I am at a disadvantage versus others because I am Afro-Caribbean. And I said, I think that the way to see it is, as an Afro-Caribbean, 
you will always find that everybody who doesn't understand you is at a disadvantage. And if you see them as being the ones that don't have the richness and wealth that brings, that diversity brings, if you don't, if they don't see that, they're at a disadvantage. Not you. They may try to slow you down, but they don't have the richness that you do. So even in the way you think of things, think of poor them. Poor them that don't know, feel, and live the richness of being an Afro-Caribbean. Do you think they have the things that we all take for granted that they don't understand? That's, they're at a disadvantage. They can try to slow you down. But always remember, it's them that are at the disadvantage. And if you see that in life, it makes it easier, I think, to first of all, feel pity on those. And second of all, say, I'm not going to let your limitations limit me. I think that's a great place to leave it. Thank you. Um, so we appreciate you coming, speaking with the. I don't know that I answered podcast. your questions directly. <laughs> uh, you answered them how we how you want to, and I think that's important uh, for our listeners to hear about you know different perspectives, and that's why we do these. Well, what do you guys think? Let me ask you before we wrap it up. What do you think is the, is on on the subject issue of the day that you guys are talking about? What is the difficulties? What are the difficulties? I think the difficulty is that people don't want to listen or feel that, that if they can't have it their way, then it's no way. Why is that, though? Some of it's just general polarization. Some of it is the ability of technology to choose what I hear from. You know, 20 years ago, it was I'm watching ABC, CBS, NBC. Now I can watch CNN, Fox News. You or know, stories. Twitter. Stories, stories yeah. Twitter, you know, different things. I can pick and choose my my media versus having a full, you know, dynamic approach. A lot of people refuse to read what is conversely of their opinion. You know, I subscribe to the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Those are night and day. Right. Um, you know, in terms of political leaning, you know, but a lot of people won't seemingly won't do that or don't do that. So you don't get full perspectives and you don't get, you know, diversity in thought. So how do you change that? Yeah, it's a difficult question. I some of it's at the individual level. If can I be willing to talk to people who view things differently? I think you know Jake and I have different experiences, but we can go have conversations and we can debate the issues of the day. Can people are can you do that with other people and, and open yourself up a little bit in a civil you know, manner? A, in a civil manner. Jake, know, what about you? What do you what do you see as that? I no, I completely echo those points, and I, I immediately thought of my experience growing up in Western Pennsylvania, a very rural mm-hmm. area of Western Pennsylvania and and the same bubble arguments occur diametrically from Western Pennsylvania to DC and, and exactly for the reasons that Israeli notes. Um, I, I think it's just it's But how do you solve that? I mean as in other words, as things become more polarized, divided and individualistic in a non you know exchange of ideas, how do you does how do you change that wave? I think that that's the million dollar question. I mean, that's what I think a, a lot of the students here, and, and I won't speak for everyone, but for, for myself, I think that's one of the things that we want to go out and change. I think if you can say it's a top down or a bottom up thing, but as aspiring policymakers, I think that 
if, if you spew hate and you're you're fomenting and you're, and you're winning elections and you're and you're running on these kind of things to split people, it's going to just harbor more split. Yeah, so although I'm, it works. No, yeah, it works. Uh, so. By the way, on all sides. But it yeah, should of course. work. And we shouldn't elect people who do that. And there are structural But there's very that few like, that don't. That's true. Exactly. And there are structural things that like gerrymandering that can be actually changed through legislation or, or courts. But then there, there, there are personal things, individualistic things that should change um, that I think can happen right now. And it, again, is on a person-by-person case. It's interesting. I see, you know, Brexit, for example. Those are issues. What's going on in Catalonia today in Spain? Mm -hmm. uh, those are very real issues that people are considering in Catalonia, for example, independence from Spain, i.e., from Europe, willing to do it for what at what cost? But they want to do it. They want to discuss it. That is because precisely people are closing in. And, and that's happening. All around. That's what well, I'm saying. In, in Venice, and um, and it, it's a the walls are coming up throughout the world, and I yeah. don't know how to exactly reverse this trend. It's one, but you know what I think helps is this conversation and Sorry. these conversations, and, and the, the the people who are kind enough to listen and consider uh, these free exchange of different ideas, and maybe there can be some light of understanding. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure meeting you and chatting with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the GPPR podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more content from the Georgetown Public Policy Review, check out our website at www.gppreview.com, our Twitter at GP Policy Review, or our Facebook, GPP Review. Thank you.